Thank him. You are faithful, Lord. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Go ahead and give him thanks. Give him praise. Give him worship. Give him honor. He's worthy tonight. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we rejoice that we have this another opportunity tonight to come before your holy written word. And we thank you that the mighty Holy Spirit lives on our inside. And so tonight, as we fellowship in the light of the word, as we fellowship in revelation knowledge, thank you that the entrance of your word giveth light. And we declare that we are not forgetful hearers, we are doers of the word. So your word comes with clarity. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. We declare tonight that nobody lives here the same way they came. We give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Glory. Glory! Are we excited to fellowship together tonight in the world? Give the Lord Jesus the greatest shout, the greatest celebration. Glory! Glory. Amen. Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self tonight as we get into the world. Oh my goodness. What a time we're having this month in New Creation Camp Meeting. What a joy. Uh, it's been a wonderful time. Hasn't it been? It's been a wonderful time of learning and growing and being equipped in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Um, let me quickly mention that uh, we want to welcome everybody that is connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, brothers and sisters online. What a joy to have all of you connected to the service tonight. Do me the favor of making sure we get this word to the ends of the earth. Let's get more people engaged tonight. Let's get more people involved tonight. Invite friends, tag some people, drop the videos in groups. Let's get the word to the ends of the earth. Glory to God. We also want you to make sure during the course of the service you engage, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like the videos, and let's get, get the word to the ends of the earth. We also want to welcome all of the radio audience in Ibom State. Wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, what a joy to have you in the service today. Invite a friend, a loved one, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. We also want to welcome all the citizens in various campuses all over the world. What a joy to have all of you connected to the service, guys. All of you citizens, it's our year of work. Great, great work. So great grace is upon you and with great power. We will give witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I have a powerful amen? All right, let's get in the word tonight. I'm glad to see Pastor Chooks from Omar here. Bless you, Pastor Chooks. Good to see you. Happy New Year. What a blessing. All right, let's get in the word tonight. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. And this is the last installment of spiritual growth. Tomorrow we begin in Christ's realities. Tomorrow is when we really begin the teaching. All we have done is to lay the foundation. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. 
as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Spiritual growth we've established is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. It is not just something you do and you stop. You can never say, I have finished growing. I used to grow before I have. No, it's a lifelong journey. You keep growing and growing until we see Jesus. So spiritual growth is a lifelong journey. The word anastrophe. Let's look at brother Paul dealing with the issue of your conversation amongst men. We've established that the beneficiary of your spiritual growth is not God. The beneficiary of your spiritual growth is not you. The beneficiary of your spiritual growth is amongst men. You grow spiritually so that you can be a blessing. You grow spiritually so you can carry out the mandate of God upon your life. So you can fulfill the will of God for your life. And so you can do ministry effectively. So spiritual growth or your conversation is amongst men. Spiritual growth therefore is not just devotion. It's not what happens in your prayer room. Spiritual growth is not what happens in your spirit in your prayer room. Spiritual growth is not the number of times you listen to a teaching series. That 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 influences spiritual growth, but it is not spiritual growth. The time of prayer, the time of Bible study, the time of learning from the things we have taught is not spiritual growth, but it influences spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is your mode of life amongst men. Your mode of life amongst men. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Former conversation. The word anastrophe. So he says you put of the former anastrophe. Now we are going to come to that in a few minutes, but go to First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. First Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12. <clears throat> it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Be thou an example of the believers. So, your example or your exemplary conduct or exemplary life, it's going to be first of all among the believers. Then in our, he lists out areas in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, he uses the word that is actually referring to his age. Because when he was speaking, he was speaking about his age in view. Be thou an example. Let no one despise, look down on your youth, your age. But be thou an example of the believers. The word example is the Greek word tupos. T-U-P-O-S. Tupos. It's used for things and action. Tupos. Example. Is used for things and actions. For example, Romans chapter 5 verse 14. Romans chapter 5 verse number 14. Nevertheless, that reigned from Adam to Moses. 
even over them that have not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Now we did some explanation there, which is a figure of that is actually supposed to be there, not who is a figure of him that was to come, which is the figure of sin that was to come. Which is the figure of sin that was to come. It was Adam's action that became a figure of that which was to come. The word tupos. T-U-P-O-S. In other words, tupos becomes something that is visible. Something that is visible. That is, we see traces of the conduct. We see traces of the conduct. Tupos. We see it. It's something perceivable or an example. It's not the same thing as prototokos, where we have the model and others come after the model. That is, they are born just like that. But here, you do something we can see or something we can duplicate. Two parts. Be thou an example. Be thou an example. Look at Acts chapter 7 verse 44. Acts chapter 7 verse 44. Our father sat the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness and he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Make it according to the fashion. The word tupos is the same word in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5. An example. Hebrews chapter 8 verse number 5. Who serve unto the tupos. Example. And shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mouth. Example, the word tupos, T-U-P-O-S. So it's used for something that can be seen. Be an example of believers. Be an example. That is no matter what he says, it has to be seen. For example, an example of believers. Look at Philippians chapter 3 verse 17. Philippians chapter 3 verse number 17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them, which walk so as you have us for an example, for tupos. Be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example for a tupos an example so tupos has to be something we will see for a tupos you have seen us you have seen us for a tupos for an example something that can be seen look at first thessalonians chapter 1 verse number 7 First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse number 7. So that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. You were examples to all that believe. Be an example of believers. You have us for an example. Look at it. You were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. 
something we can see. And this example has to be in their actions. Example in their actions. So there are things they did and said exactly. There are things they did. So let's look at what did they do. Verse 6, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 6. 1 Thessalonians and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Did you see that? You received the word in what condition? In much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. So even though the word you were receiving was in much affliction, we didn't even see the impact of the affliction. What we rather saw was the example of joy of the Holy Ghost in the midst of your discomfort. You are in the midst of much affliction. Yet we can see joy. You receive the word with joy. Your life is an example. You didn't allow the affliction, the trials you're going through make you withdraw from service. You didn't allow the tough times you're going through make you resign from ministry and abandon ship. We can see that even the word we were preaching to you, you received it with joy in the midst of much affliction, in the midst of much trial. Remember yesterday we said, when you're growing spiritually, one of the ways we will see that is, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, you are in the midst of temptation, but you count it joy. You receive the word in the midst of affliction. The word came and the only thing we saw from you was not the pain and the sorrow of the affliction, but the joy of the Holy Ghost. You are an example and a worthy one. That is, they didn't receive the gospel in an air-conditioned situation. They were not in an air They were in the most uncomfortable circumstances. Like the brethren in China who, you know, travel for 12 hours to attend the Bible study. 12 hours to attend the Bible study. I have the video. And they were underground. They went underground. I think nine feet deep underground to go receive the Bible study. And the pastor who was doing the Bible study for them asked them, how many of you here are pastors? And all of them, 21, were pastors. 21 of them that travel for 12 hours. And he asked them, how many of you here, pastors, how many of you here have been to prison before in China for preaching? All 21. Then he asked them, those of you that have been to prison in China here, and all of you that are pastors, how many members do you all have? One by one, this one will say one million, one point something million members. All of them 21. They all had, none of them had a church of less than one million persons. And they all meet on the ground in affliction, but with the joy of the Holy Ghost. The man of God who brought, who, who came to do the Bible study from, with them from America just to encourage their faith, brought Bibles. I think about 20 copies of the Bible, complete Bible. And he gave to all of them. And one person didn't get a copy of the Bible. And then he quoted a verse of scripture. And the person said, no, I don't need this Bible. One of them said, I don't need the Bible. I would rather give it to that person who didn't get a copy of the Bible. And the man of God said, why? He said, because I, I have almost all of the Bible by heart. 
I have learned almost the whole Bible by heart. He said, why and how? He said, because we don't have the liberty of holding a Bible. So when we get a page, we memorize very fast before we tear it. We memorize it very fast before we tear it. So in the process of doing that, I have memorized the whole, almost the whole Bible. Any scripture you call now, I will stand up and read for you. So I don't need a copy. Let the other person have a copy. The man said, he asked them, after the Bible study, he said to them, I'm going back to, um, he said, first of all, he said to them, if we are caught by the government of China in this underground, now doing Bible school, what will happen? He said, we'll go to prison. To prison. He said, how many years? He said, minimum three years. That means every one of them have been in prison for minimum of three years. At least each one of them. So he now he wants to leave after the Bible study. He said it was such a touching moment for him. He didn't even feel qualified to teach them Bible. He didn't feel qualified. He's never been to prison because of Bible. These people have all gone to prison and come out. And they even have let, no, none of them has less than a million members in their congregation. So he asked them, I'm going back to America now. What do you want me to pray for God to do for you before I go? They said, we want you to pray that God will make us like you people in America so we can have liberty to read the Bible. He said, no, I'm not going to pray that prayer for you. I would rather pray that we in America should be like you. Because if with all our liberty in America, we don't even know the Bible, you under harsh conditions, you are memorizing almost the entire Bible. Look at your commitment and your devotion, your dedication, your exemplary commitment to Christ. This Bible, some of us have different versions in our house. There are people that cannot afford even a page of it. Not because they can't buy it, but the government of their nation will not allow them own even a page of the Bible. And yet, if they meet with you, they will teach you the Bible. You that have several translations in your house. So, when we are talking about example, we are talking about examples of people that have become such a challenge in the body of Christ. A people that are exemplary. Look at that scripture again. Let's read that scripture. First Thessalonians, where we read chapter 1, verse 7. First Thessalonians 1, 7, it says, And you became followers. I mean, verse 6. Start from verse 6, brother. Verse 6. First Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. With joy of the... Give me the next verse. With joy of the Holy Ghost. So that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. In receiving the word, they became an example. You know, for every situation you are complaining, there's a believer somewhere who has overcome that same situation that you are complaining about in worse circumstances than you and is an example to others. In worse circumstances than you are in. And he has become an example in the body of Christ. He has become an example. That's why the scripture says, you are inexcusable, O man. You have no excuse. You have no excuse as to why you cannot be an example. You have no excuse as to why you cannot do ministry. You have no excuse as to why you cannot serve God's purpose to your generation. You have no excuse whatsoever. So the spirit of God or the word of God is seen in the believer's life is seen in the believer's life. Glory to God. It is seen where? 
in the believer's life. So we see that example of the believer. Someone is complaining about being, you know, busy to serve God. Oh, I'm too busy to do ministry. Oh, my schedule is very tight. I'm working so hard. Things are so tough. Things are so rough. I don't have time now to sit down and do Bible study. Let me chase after opportunity. Because if I miss this moment, I may not get it again. And in the midst of that chase, if something just happens to your health, then suddenly you discover that nothing is important. Then you discover that you can actually suspend everything and settle down and nothing spoil. That means your value for the word of God is zero. You have no value for the word of God. That means even sickness, you have more value for sickness than for the word of God. Because if sickness had taught you a little now, you will just calm down. Your schedules are cancelled. Your programs are suspended. Then now you want to pray. You want to talk to God. Because you need a miracle. A miracle. So all the Christians who are full of excuses to serve God's purpose, to do ministry, they are unserious. What did I say they are? Yes, they have in capital letters. They are very unserious. They are jokers. They are not serious. They are not serious at all. They are not serious. You have 24 hours in a day. If you take 3 hours out of 24 hours to serve the purpose of God, you still have 21 hours. How greedy can you be? You still have 21 hours. You have no excuse. Whatever your challenge, whatever your condition, there are people that have nowhere to sleep and they are still doing evangelism and raising disciples. They have nowhere to sleep. Jesus said the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. It didn't stop him from the mission. It didn't stop him. I remember when we started ministry newly in this Uyo in 1890, 1989-1990. At one point I had nowhere to sleep. I had to sleep at one car garage by Calabar Street then. I would sleep in those cars that they were fixed because I had nowhere to sleep. We couldn't afford any rent. And in the mornings, I would get out of the cars, quickly brush my mouth, and get out and go around evangelizing. We have no excuse. Under harsh circumstances, we are still a blessing to people. You are think your own comfort is too much. That's the problem. You, you are too comfortable. That's why you even found mouth for excuse. You are very comfortable. That's why you found a mouth to use to excuse why you cannot serve the purpose of God. It's too much comfort. You are spoiled. There are people in very serious... I told you yesterday, Paul the Apostle was in prison and he was writing to people that are not in prison and admonishing them to rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. How can a man in prison be encouraging people that are not in prison? How can a man in prison be the one writing and edifying and building people that are not in prison? Who ought to be encouraging who? You've got to be an example. Example in service. Example in conduct. Example in commitment. Example in sacrifice. You've got to be an example of dogged commitment to serving the purpose of God. Somebody shout, I hear you. This year, there's no room for excuses. Turn to your neighbor say, hey neighbor, this is a new day. No room for excuses. I'm not hearing you. Can I hear you louder? No room for excuses. Then we see a more busy believer who is doing ministry and serving God effectively and if, you know, affectionately. He's very busy, but he's serving God. 
He's very busy. In the midst of his schedule, he's getting people born again. In the midst of his schedule, he creates a, an opportunity to disciple his disciples. He is busy, but God is part of his busyness. He is very committed to many things, but God is part of his commitment. That is a man who has set his affections on things above. That's the kind of person brother Paul was talking to. Let no one despise your youth, but be thou an example. And then brother Paul said, we are an example that you should follow. He says, you have become an example because you received the word of God in much affliction. But this was your disposition with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I'm teaching good tonight. I say glory to God. Being a Christian for long doesn't make you an example. Being a Christian for long doesn't make you an example. It's what you do that makes you an example. It is what you do in the kingdom that makes you an example. That you've been a Christian from the days of Mango Park doesn't make you an example. It is what you do in the kingdom. Your service, your commitment, your conduct that is an example for other believers. It's an example for other believers. The church in Thessalonica was an example. And the church in Macedonia, in the depth of their poverty, in the depth of their poverty, they were undergoing a recession in Macedonia. But the riches of their liberality abounded. And this they did. Not as we hope. First of all, they gave themselves to God and then to us. They did what? They did beyond what we expected. And they even did beyond themselves. They were willing. They did beyond themselves. Those are exemplary churches. The church in Philippi. The church in Thessalonica. They are exemplary churches. Sorry, the church in Thessalonica and the church in Macedonia. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 8. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse number 8. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travel night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. We didn't come to your houses to be waiting for food times. We didn't target your time of lunch, your time of dinner, and visited and sat down waiting for you to give us food. We didn't become a burden, a discomfort to you. We used our hands to walk. We used our hands to make some income to take care of our daily needs so that we can be an example to you, showing you that serving God does not make you irresponsible. Serving God does not make you a parasite and a nuisance who goes around brethren lobbying around their resources, lobbying their pockets, lobbying their, their economy. And massaging their ego. Using political language. To describe their Christianity. No. We didn't do that. We are exemplary. When there is none. We are contented. When we have opportunity to make money. We make it. And we are, we are contented. With such. That God has given to us. Look at it. Brother Paul says we are an example. Second Thessalonians 3.8. Put it up again, brother. He says, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught. We didn't come and eat your food for naught. But wrought with labor. We too were engaged in business. We were engaged in doing things that bring income to us. That we might not be chargeable to any of you. Look at the next verse. Next verse. Not because we have not power. 
but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. We want you to be an example of what we are doing so you can follow our example. They were also involved in labor day and night. When you see some of us do business and some of us who go to secular work in the day and come back to teach the word in the evening, we have become your topos. We do business, we make money. We engage. Just early hours of this morning, I had a wonderful business discussion. Very wonderful one after my first Bible study. Had a wonderful, fruitful business discussion. Engaged very well. And after it, feeling good. Then I came and taught Bible school. I went back feeling nice about the business. And I'm still feeling very good about that business. And I'm believing God for another opportunity. Glory to God. Say our hands are laboring to make money. And then we too are committed to serve God. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. So that we don't become a nuisance. So we don't become a bad testimony. Say, ah, that pastor, once he sees you in church, you look like you have some money. He will start seeing vision. Brother, I she, I she, meet me in the office. No, no, no. There's a way to do ministry with dignity. And there's a way to do ministry with integrity. If you're hearing me say, I hear you. Ministry is beautiful. Ministry is not, it's not a place where you say God has come and people pity you. No. The call to ministry is a call to honor. When God calls you to ministry, what God did was literally, God took his honor and put on your life. God put his honor on you. No man take this honor to himself except he is called. So when God calls you to do ministry, it's an honor. He's not calling you to be pitied by men. No, he's calling you to be a blessing to mankind. Somebody shout, I hear you. Say with me, I'm a blessing to my generation. Say it very loud, I'm a blessing to my generation. Say, I am glad and I am honored to be called a minister of the gospel. I serve the purpose of God to my generation. You didn't say an amen like you know what you just talked about. Glory to God. I say, glory to God. Say, I evangelize. Say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Say, I evangelize. Say, I raise disciples and I am involved in building the body of Christ. I didn't hear a powerful amen. We are sold out to this mandate. We are sold out to this vision. We are sold out to this assignment. We are sold out to serve God's purpose and to be an example, a tupos for other believers. Or you're a student, after your school work, you take out time and evangelize. Some of us got born again in school days where we raise other people who are in ministry today all over the world. They encountered us in school and never remained the same. They encountered us in school and can never forget us. Kabayada. They encountered us in school and the entire world has been colored forever. We were students. Students. I remember during class hours when I was back in school, when the lecturers missed the lectures, we take over the lecture moment for Bible study. I'm, I'm serious. And I, I know I'm on global television. So some of my classmates may be watching. There's nothing there to hide. We take over the lecture hall. And we had these long halls where we all gathered in the class. 
We take over the lecture hall. We start Bible study straight. Those that will listen, will listen. Those that will not listen, they go to corners. But we take over the center stage. Disciple people. Get people filled with the Holy Ghost inside lecture room. You see people speaking in talk. Inside the class. What are you talking about? Some of you are students. Nobody knows you are born again. You are a shame. You are a disgrace. Nobody knows you are born again. You carry Bible and hide it inside lecture books. No. That day is over. Somebody say that day is over. See, you must remember your creator when you are young. There's a time you don't have stamina for ministry. There's a time you won't have stamina for ministry. I was sharing this with Bible school students. God is calling you as a young man. You're, you're wasting your time. Wasting the years. Wasting the years. When, when you're 65. When you're 65. You now say, I want to answer the call. When? When will you answer the call? 65. <laughs> Forget about it. At 65, you want to answer which call? <laughs> call came to you at 15. Call has been waiting 16, 17, 20. You didn't answer it. Call has been there 25, 30. You didn't answer it. You were answering mundane things. Then at 65, you say, I want to answer the call. Which call? First of all, if you are answering a call at 65, when do we train you? <laughs> Because we need time to teach you and train you and build you up. It could take years. So finally at 72, you now want to do what? what? Even cassava, they won't employ you to, 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 to harvest cassava. There's time for everything. Say I will serve God with my strength. You see the way I'm moving on this pulpit? If I was an old man, I won't, after one preaching, I would go on holiday for two weeks. After one preaching, there's time for everything. There's time for say I hear you. I'm not hearing. Say I hear you. This is the time to do ministry. This is the time where you still have strength. Let no man despise your youth. Let no man waste your time. Let no man waste your years. Don't wait for when you'll be saying, I have no pleasure in this world again. And this world is not my home. I am just passing through. At 65, you are finished passing through. <laughs> you are not just passing through. You are finished passing through. It was Philip Mokunga who, who told this story years ago. He said, one guy in his church, <laughs> they've been encouraging him for years, praying for him to answer the call to minister and serve the purpose of God. He was busy with other things. Then at 65, that's where the 65 came from. He now came to him and he said, God is calling me. I want to answer. I said, get out of my face. Get out of my face. Is it now God is calling you? <laughs> is it now day is breaking? At 65? You can as well join the composer of Must I go and empty handed? Must I meet my savior so? Not one soul with which to greet him must I empty-handed go. The man was on his deathbed. Then he got born again. On a deathbed. He now got born again and discovered that God has a calling for him. But he's on a deathbed. 
He can no more stand up. He can no more preach. So he decided to turn his lamentation into a song. Must I go? Because he was already going. An empty handed. That's the story of that song. Must I meet my savior soul? Not one soul with which to greet him. Must I empty handed go? At least he left us the gift of a song. He left us what? So that when you sing, you remember that there's a time when you cannot do this thing. There's a time when you cannot. There's a time when you can't move. You can only sit on a chair and be telling tales by moonlight. Once upon a time, when I was like you people, you're retired. Now you have strength. You can move. You can run. You can jump. Instead of you to engage that strength into eternal investment, you're letting time pass. And time that passes, you don't recover. Today is almost over. If you didn't use today, it's gone. And you can never get it back. You must have a sense of urgency. You must know that we are strangers. We are pilgrims here. The little time we have and the opportunity God has given us, you must use it wisely. Don't be... Don't be as unwise. You must walk circumspectly. Not as unwise. But as wise. Discerning the time. For the days are evil. You must know the times we live in. You must know the times we live in. So if you are in any situation as a believer. The first thing in your mind should be to be an example. I must be an example in this situation, in this office, in this place of work. I must be an example. Now, back to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 again. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse number 12. Let no one, 1 Timothy 4 12. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers. Did you see he said thy youth? Because he expected that you should have already been answering the call of God as a youth. He's talking to Timothy. Let no one despise your youth. But be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So the example must be actions. He begins with the first area you must be an example in word. Be an example in word. The word word there is the word logos. Be an example in the way you reason. Logos means the way you reason. Be an example in your way of thinking. In your way of reasoning about things and about life. Be an example in the way you reason. He's not talking about preaching here. He's talking about the way you talk. And your talk is a result of your reasoning. Be an example in the way you reason. You need to do business properly. If you are engaged in anything, do it well. Your reasoning must be qualitative. You can't afford to be foolish and stupid. Be an example. And it is the quality of your reasoning that reflects in the quality of life you live. So, build your reasoning capacity 
with the word of God. Be an example. Then he says, be an example in speech. In speech. Then he moved to in conversation. Anastrophe. In conversation. In conduct. Be an example in the way you conduct yourself. In the way you govern the affairs of your life. Be an example in the way you go about the things of life. Be an example. Let people look at you. Let people see you and be challenged to live productive, meaningful, useful lives. Be an example in charity, which is the word agape. It means sacrifice. Be an example of a sacrificial living believer. A believer who lives his life by sacrifice. A believer that is not always looking for convenience. A believer that is willing to serve God in and out of season. When it is convenient and when it is not convenient, he sold out to the cause of Christ. Be an example of believers. There are believers today who cannot receive visitors in their house. They lack charity. They lack hospitality. They are not hospitable. If a brother is passing by their home and knocks the door, they feel like he has come to collect their food or to collect their, their income. They are so resistant. They are not hospitable. That's not your, that's not your nature. That behavior, you are borrowing it from people you don't know where they came from. Your nature is charity. Your nature is hospitality. It's in your DNA. You want to be kind. You want to be good. You want to receive people. You want to entertain strangers. That's the nature of the born again man. People visit your house. You offer them something to drink. You give them water. You give them juice. You give them fruits. If you have food, you bring it. Let's eat it. Bring it. Don't be putting food on that bed. Rats will eat it before you take it out. As you are pushing it on that bed. <laughs> there are people waiting on that bed. That have not seen food for some time. <laughs> I watched a movie. Where somebody took food. Because the friends came. He put it on that bed. And didn't remember that his dog was under the bed. The dog just cleaned the food. And pushed the pot for him empty. And said. Stupid man. Since you don't have value for your own self, let me eat it on your behalf. Be hospitable. Be open. Extend your arms of love. Let brethren come to your house for house church. Offer your house. Let's use it for house church. Someone say, aye! The rock carpet will soon grow old. Because when brethren come, they will be matching the rug. I have budgeted that this rug should be here for two years before I buy another rug. If I now start house church, every week brethren are coming. Every week brethren are coming. As they are matching the rug, it, it will have wear and tear. Very soon, I have to change rug. No, my house is not available. Rug. The poverty that followed you from your father's village is what is disturbing you. So, your rug is more important than your value for your brethren in Christ. It's a year for ministry. 
You serve God with everything you have. Your house, your car. Be an example of believers. Service is over. You're going on a road. You see people living in the area where you live. Tell them, jump in, jump in, brethren. Jump in, let's have fun and go. Jump in. Play the, mu- the, the teaching of the service and feast in that word on your way home. Drop everybody by his house. Drop everybody. That's, that's your nature. See, I hear you. That's your nature. Be an example of believers. The point is, as a Christian, why will you not have people you are helping? Why? As a child of God, why will you not have people you are helping? Either you are helping them in school, as students, or you are helping them in the church who don't have much, or you are helping people to stand. Why won't your life be touching other people's lives and adding value as a child of God? If truly the DNA of God is in you, God loves the world. He gave his only begotten son to bring value to mankind. If that same DNA in you, that giving that God demonstrates will find expression through you. Oh yes. Because we are dealing with spiritual growth. If you are really growing, these things will be seen in your life and the beneficiaries will be men. I didn't hear a powerful amen. Be an example in faith. Be an example in faith. If you are consistent with the book of First and Second Timothy, you know the word faith has to do with doctrine. Particularly the way you are persuaded. Be an example in doctrine. Be an example of a man that is persuaded by the doctrine of Christ. The last word there is purity. Be an example in purity. I can tell you that everything here describes conversation conduct all the things we listed so be an example in purity the word purity is the word hagnia hagnia h-a-g-n-e-a hagnia be an example in purity hagnia is used for innocent behavior as a child of god you don't have impure motives in your behavior the word hagnia. That word is used in 1 Corinthians 7, 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 11. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. No, 7, 11. 7, 1 Corinthians 7, 11. Yes. And let not the husband put away his wife. Be reconciled to her husband. Give me 2 Corinthians 11, 2. 11, verse 2. For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband. That I may present you as a chaste. The word chaste virgin there. Chaste. Innocent. Innocent. Okay. You can read the rest. Philippians 4.8. Whatever things are pure. Philippians 4.8. Whatever things are pure. Pure. There is the word innocent. And James 3, 17. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. Then you find out that Peter used it in the behavior of the woman that is married to an unbeliever. While they behold your chaste conversation. Your chaste, your 
chaste conversation, your innocent conduct, your innocent conduct, that they without the word can be worn by the lifestyle, the conduct, the manner of living of their wives. Is the word hagnia. Your sincere conversation. Sincerity should be the lifestyle of the believer. Sincerity. The lifestyle of the believer. You are a sincere person. You are. That's who you are. Say with me, I am a sincere person. Say it very loud. Say, I am a sincere person. Because that's who you are. You are pure. Something else brother Paul pointed out. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 2. First Timothy chapter 5 verse number 2. The elder women as mothers. The younger as sisters. With all purity. With all hagnia. It means with all sincerity. The word purity there is dealing with sincerity in the, in the original. That is you relate with one another with all sincerity. That is you, you are not political in your relationship. You are not a hypocrite. You are not a hypocrite. You are not displaying something. Meanwhile, what is inside your heart is something else. You are not smiling and greeting. Meanwhile, in your heart, you have already destroyed the person. No, you are not political. You are sincere. You are forthcoming. You are straightforward. That's your nature in Christ. That's your DNA in Christ. You are sincere. You are without offense. Is that not a prayer brother Paul prayed? That you may be sincere and without offense. Till the day of Jesus Christ. That prayer is not your nature. That prayer is your conduct. The sincerity in that prayer is not for your nature. You are already sincere in your nature. But now he's praying that what is in your nature will come into your conduct. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. You have to be sincere. Some people are so dishonest. But the Bible says be an example of believers in sincerity. Look at James chapter 3 verse 17. James chapter 3 verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, and easy to be entreated, and full of mercy and good fruit, and without partiality and without hypocrisy. That is the wisdom from heaven. Now, any wisdom you exhibit that doesn't have these, these exhibitions, these demonstrations, is not from heaven. It's not from heaven. If the wisdom is from heaven, it will be first pure. Then it will carry peace with it. It will be gentle and easy to be entreated. It will be full of mercy and good fruit. The wisdom that is from God is without partiality and it is without hypocrisy. So the wisdom of God is pure. Sincerity should not be a special quality. Our gospel is sincere. Our life from God is sincere. Our conduct should be sincere. If you're here, shout a powerful amen. amen. So we said that spiritual growth, therefore, has to be seen by people. Has to be seen by who? People. Look at Acts chapter 6 verse 3. Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 6 verse number 3. 
He says, wherefore brethren, look ye out. Yesterday I did a walk on that. Look ye out among you. Look ye out. He's talking to a local assembly. You cannot look it out among you on social media. You cannot look it out among you on Facebook. You cannot look it out among you on YouTube. You can only look it out among you in a local assembly. Look it out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Men full of the Holy Ghost. Men who are of honest report. Let me quickly say this. Do you know that the church at this point were in thousands? Members of this particular church. And they did not water down leadership. He said, let's appoint seven men. Don't forget the people that are saying, let's appoint seven men are twelve. Say, these people are too much for us. We are twelve. Okay? Then they now say, let's appoint seven. If twelve couldn't take care of them, is it seven? But it shows you that they were not willing to compromise and gather a crowd of leaders that are useless. A crowd of leaders that are not exemplary. It's better to have two, three leaders that are exemplary than to have twenty who are just figureheads that are a, a discouragement. Let's appoint seven. Because at least we know that no matter what happens, in these thousands of congregations, there will be seven people that are honest. So let's appoint seven. And there's nothing significant and spiritual about the number. It's just seven. Maybe they calculated the town or some of my side that leads to airport side, one section. Then Waniba Road down to Five Star, another section. Then from Brook Street right to Itu Road, another section. Then from uh, from um, from uh, Ikotekwene coming into Itam Junction. Eh? Is there a place called Itam Junction? Okay. To Itam Junction, down to Sekos, another section. Then Ibesipota, down to, 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 to Plaza, another section. So after calculating, it's okay, seven. So let's appoint seven men. It's not like the Spirit said, seven, the number of perfection. No. There's no perfection in seven. Perfection is in a person. Jesus is our perfection. Glory to God. <laughs> Let's appoint seven men who are honest. Did you see the qualification? And who are going to appoint them? Did you say God has appointed them? He said, you look out among you. So, if we're going to look out, it means the people are looking out for are people that have been exemplary. They are people that we can testify to their commitment, their zeal, their growth, their maturity, and their exemplary conduct among us. You look out among you. Seven men that are honest, who are full of the Holy Ghost. That means when a man is full of the Holy Ghost, it can be seen. Men that are full of the Holy Ghost are always full of joy. One of the ways to know a man that is always with the Holy Ghost is joy. When you see somebody moody, that's not Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is not moody. What is he moody about? What will God be moody? That God is sitting down and his face like this. Is he thinking of somebody that, that is going to pay him money and has not paid him? God, he has no reason to be moody. So when you are moody, you are not represent. It's either you, don't have, you are not full of the Spirit or you have not prayed for some time or 
That's the only reason why you have that disposition. Otherwise, even in much affliction, you have the joy of the Holy Ghost. I'm teaching good here. Even in the midst of problems and turbulence, you still have the joy of the Holy Ghost. He alabash. He alabash. Everything may not be working the way you want it to work, but you still have the joy of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, things may not work in the natural, but I'm born again. My name is written in the book of life. I have the abundance of grace and I have the, 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 the gift of righteousness. So I have a reason to rejoice. Though the mountains be removed, though the hills be removed, though the only vine shall not flourish, yet I will rejoice. The business may not work. The investment may collapse. But it's not going to take away my joy. And if it cannot take away my joy, it cannot take away my strength. And if it cannot take away my strength, I will do it again. And it will work. But once your joy is gone, you are done for. Is there English like that? You are done for. A man in prison is writing to people that are not in prison. Rejoice. Rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. The man is in prison, but he's full of the spirit. And they, they are not in prison. They are full of carnality. Carrying frowning faces. Carrying bitterness. Envy. Carrying things that don't look like them. Because they are not full of the spirit. When you are full of the spirit, the circumstances of life don't define you. You go through things as if you didn't go through and you come out without any notice. Why? Because you have strength. You have what? You have what? No. What are you talking about? Don't get me started. So I can finish this series today because tomorrow in Christ's reality has to begin. Joy. Filled with joy. Filled with the fruits of righteousness. Glory to God. Choose out men full of the Holy Ghost. People you can see and you can tell from their disposition, this man is full of the Spirit. So they have to choose people who are matured. Look at Acts 14.23. I'm teaching good tonight. Acts 14.23. And when they had ordained them elders in every church, they have ordained them what? Elders. These are people that we can see that they are growing. That they are matured in Christ. And had prayed with fasting. They commended them to the Lord. On whom they, are, on whom they believed. Elders. People are matured. Acts 15.6. Acts 15.6. Apostles and elders. And the apostles and elders came together. For to consider matured people. In the faith. Acts 15.2. You can write that down. Acts 20.17. Write down for further study. Acts 20.28. 20, I go over it again. Acts 15, 6. Acts 15, 2. Acts 20, 17. Acts 20, 28. Elders of the church. Those who display maturity. Those who are exemplary. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. Now brother Paul now speaks to these brethren. And I brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. But as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ. I couldn't speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Why will Paul refer to a whole church in this manner? When there is strife, when there is strife in a church, 
when there is strife in a family, anywhere there is strife, when there is strife at work in you, strife at work, you're always full of, you always create strife. You are never strife free. You are Satan's enabling environment. When you're always creating strife, you and Satan are in a partnership that is against your DNA. Strife. That's why Paul called them canal. He said there's division among you. There's a lot of strife. Look at that James 3.16. James chapter 3 verse 16. I love the way brother James you know, spoke about strife here. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. How many evil work? Every. Give me, give me amplified. James 3.16. Give me amplified. Then get ready to give me message translation. James 3.16. Amplified, James 3.16. For wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, rivalry, and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. So once there's strife, Satan is in charge of that environment. The moment there is strife, what you have enabled Satan is to be in charge. What you have done in an environment of strife is to deny God access to that environment because God cannot operate in an environment of strife. There is confusion. Every evil work you can imagine only happens in an environment of strife. Give me the message. Message translation. Message. That's why you must have zero tolerance for people that are malicious and people that are given to strife. Whenever you are trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and the center cannot hold. <laughs> things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throat. <laughs> everyone ends up at the jungle of the other. What? You two will do whack. Another person will whack. Another person will whack. Everybody will be on everybody's throat. Everybody will be choking everybody. There will be no ventilation. There will be no environment of the spirit. And when you are choking, that's why you frown. Choking moments. You want to see Satan at his best? Create strife. That's why Abraham said to Lot, ah, Lot, wait, wait, wait. Let there be no strife, I pray you. I beg you, we can't afford it. Strife is expensive. What is the matter? Land? Choose, please. Choose. It's better you cheat me than for us to have strife. Because in strife, Satan will cheat both of us. Let there be no strife, I pray you. Some of us don't know that it is not the Christian life to be in contention. It's not. It's not the Christian life to be in contention. It's not the Christian life. In 1 Corinthians 1, 10 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Put it up. 
Now I beseech you brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among us. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Next verse. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. There's strife. There are contentions among you. Many of us don't know how to lose an argument for the sake of relationship. You just lose arguments for the sake of a relationship. Whether you're wrong or right, there are some arguments that are not worth it. Agree to be cheated. Let the argument finish. Because the relationship is more important than the argument. Some of us are bad losers. You lose, you must destroy everything. In order for you to lose, you must pull down the whole house. No, that's not Christian. That's not godly. That's not the Holy Ghost. We are born of the Spirit of God. Our lives are not ours. We are Christ. It's not just who's we. It's not just who we are. It is whose we are. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. You have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live. Yet not you, but Christ that lives in you. Some husbands and wives cannot discuss as believers. In their discussion, no Bible. A proverb from my village says, in our place, they say, are you traditional people or are you believers? They kind of sit together and say, but the word of God says this. But this is the way the word of God says about this. No, no such culture. In our place, we have a saying that when mango is ripe, <laughs> it will receive more stone. <laughs> Glory to God. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. If any be overtaken in a fault, ye that are spiritual, brethren, if any that is taken, is, if any be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, ye which are spiritual. He didn't say ye who are Christians. He didn't say you who are believers. He said you who are spiritual. Because not every Christian is spiritual. You which are spiritual. Restore. I pray today. Our houses be filled with the word of God. Our houses be filled with the word of God. Our relationships be filled with the word of God. The world will not influence us. We will influence our world. The world will not influence us. We will influence our world in the name of Jesus. You which are spiritual, restore. He didn't say, if any be overtaken in a fault, let brethren restore. Uh -uh. You which are spiritual. Because if you allow brethren to restore, some will remind him of his mistakes. Some will wound and some will inform. You didn't hear. Some will remind some will wound and some will inform. Are you aware of what is going on in the church? 
They are town criers. They are tail bearers. So that's why he didn't hand people that are overtaken in the hands of brethren. He said, let them that are spiritual restore such a one. And he told us who is spiritual. Before chapter 6, there's chapter 5. Chapter 5, 25. He tells you who is spiritual that can do the restoration. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So those that walk in the spirit are the people that restore people that are overtaken. Let us walk in the spirit. So who is a spiritual man? He is one we see walking in the spirit. You're not growing when people are not there. You don't grow when people are not there. You grow in the midst of people. Your spiritual growth is in the midst of people. There's no spiritual growth in isolation. It is in interaction that growth takes place. In the midst of people. In the midst of people. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. Which God before ordained that we should walk in them. So there are things we are discussing and these things are already in us. Sincerity is in you. Love is the embodiment of all your threats. You have love. You are not praying for love. You have love. You have been prepared for this journey. Every one of you has been prepared for this journey. To be a good wife. To be a good husband. To be a good son. To be a good parent. You've been prepared for this journey. To be a good pastor. To be a good discipler. You've already been prepared. It's wired in your DNA. You already have it in you. It's already in you. Glory to God. When you start growing spiritually, you'll be easy to deal with. Very easy. If your wife or husband or children are in ministry, you honor them. If your children are in ministry and you don't honor them, you're carnal. If your wife is in ministry and you don't honor her, you're carnal. And if your husband is in ministry and you don't honor him, you're carnal. We honor them. There must be a line where our carnal natural relationship stops and where the spiritual relationship must be honored. See, I hear you. Yes. There must be a line. Or even your parents are in ministry, you honor them. There is something beyond natural relationships. It is a supernatural. Every relationship you must keep, you must keep seeing that relationship as spiritual. We take steps in the spirit. Glory to God. I'm teaching good tonight. If you're learning something, you shout glory. Yeah, we take steps in the spirit. You know, your spiritual growth happens in the midst of human interactions. That's where you grow. The fruit of the spirit is patience. So that patience will be exercised in an environment where the patience is tried. You can't just be carrying patience around. Patience. Is it patient? Patience. You can't be carrying patience around. Patience must be exercised. The one you carry ar- around has not been, you are not wearing it as conduct. It is when it is tried that you pull it out and wear it. It is in the wearing of it that you are growing. 
So the fruit of the spirit or your growth in Christ is exercised in interactions. Interaction. You interact to grow. The truth is anyone that is isolated cannot grow spiritually because in isolation you are not, not, you are not given an opportunity to grow. Growth happens in human interactions. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. Let's see what brother Paul said. Ephesians 4 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful laws. Put off. Put what? Off the old man. So there's a former disposition you had. And that's why I said this yesterday. I don't know if it's yesterday or on Friday. If your desires have not changed, you're not growing. Yeah? If your desires have not changed, you're not growing. If your ambitions have not changed, you're not growing. As you grow in Christ, your desires begin to change. Your ambitions begin to change. You put off the former conversation. You put it off because you're born again. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. You put it off because you are born again. And you are the quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Next verse. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The, children, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom, next verse, we all had our, also we all had our conversation. We all had our conversation, our conduct, our lifestyle in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We were there. Our desires, our motives, and our ambitions were affected by where we were. Now we're in a different place. Our desires, our ambition has to be affected by where we are. That is where the change comes from. You put off then he now says, you put on the new man, which is created after God. Ephesians 4, 22, 23, and 24. <clears throat> Ephesians, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful laws. Next verse. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Next verse. And that you put on the new man. Which after God is created. The new man after God is created in righteousness and what? Holiness. You put on the new man. Put on the new man. Where is the new man? In the spirit. So put on the new man in your mind. Take the new man from your spirit and wear him on your mind. Put on the new man on your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So you take the new man from your spirit and wear him in your thinking. Wear the new man in your thinking. Take him from the spirit. Wear him in your thinking. Whatsoever things are pure, that's the new man. Whatsoever things are just, that's the new man. Whatsoever things are lovely, that's the new man. Whatever things are pure. That's the new man. Whatever things are of good report. That's the new man. If there be any virtue. 
If there be any praise, think on these things. That's the new man. You put on the new man. Put off the old man. Who is the old man? Whatever things are impure. Whatever things are unjust. Whatever things are not lovely. Whatever things are not a good report. Things that are not of virtue and praise. Don't think on those. That's the old man you have put off. We are the new man in your thoughts. We are the new man in your reasoning. And your thinking affects your lifestyle. So we are the new man. Put on the new man. Hallelujah. The word renewed in the spirit of your mind. The word renewed is the word ananio in the Greek. A-N-A-N-E-O-O. It's a verb. That means you must do it. I renew what is inspiring my mind. I renew what is inspiring my mind. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing. The renewing in Romans 12 is a noun. Put on the new man is a verb. Is what you arrive at. But the process is you have to renew it by yourself. How do you renew it? By putting on. You renew it. You renew the spirit of your mind by putting on. Put on the new man. You begin to see yourself as the new man in Christ. (laughs) You begin to see yourself out as the new man. Where? In Christ. You begin to see yourself like that. You begin to see yourself. You begin to see yourself. You begin to see yourself. Not just a confession. You begin to see, it becomes real. Your new man. You wear in your mind. You wear who you are. You wear your identity in your mind. You wear it. That is, it has become who you are in your thinking. You know, let me give you an illustration. I went to a school, uh, the school I went to, secondary school I went to is called Prince College of Commerce. That's the secondary school I attended. Okay? So let's say I go back to Prince College today. Even the way I will walk into the school will not be the way I walked when I was a student. Eh? First of all, even till form four, I, I didn't go to school under JSS. I went to school when we used to do form. So even in form four, I was wearing nika. In form four, it's from form five, and form six where we are trouser. I was wearing nika, and we didn't walk like big boys. We walked like students. If you see a teacher. That doesn't like you, you change direction. Maybe so. If you see senior that likes punishing you, you change direction. Because if not, there's grass that you may cut. So we were moving like that as students. Now, when I go back to that school, I'm not going to move like that. I'm going to put my hands in my pocket. Isn't it so? And any human being I meet there, including my teachers that may be there, they will greet me, I will greet them. Ah! Abel, Abel, yes sir. Ah, high five. I couldn't have done that as a student. Who dash at you? But now I have put off 
the old man. But there will be a problem if now they carry assembly bell. Okay, I'm going around the school and I'm looking at the school and then they now ring assembly bell. Baram, baram, every student starts running. Me too, I start running to come for assembly. Will it something be wrong? It means I have not put off the old man. See, when you put off the old man, you don't act the way you acted before. But if you start acting the way you acted before, you have not put off. So, putting off the old man is in your thinking. In your thinking. There's no way my mind will tell me wrong that they rang assembly bell. Or they rang cafeteria bell because we used to have a cafeteria and when it is time for food, they will eat. You see all of us heading to cafeteria to go and eat. So, they now do. You see me, I'm moving. Say, bring my plate. Bring my plate. Ah, ah. I will need psychiatric attention now. Some of us have grown beyond certain things, but we have not put it off. That's why when you are being malicious, when you are full of envy, it doesn't look like you. Even we that are watching you, we are embarrassed for you. We, your shame is shaming us. You didn't hear what I said? Your shame is what? It's shaming us. We, we, it's shaming us for you now. It ain't for your shame is catching us. You've grown beyond that. You're no longer that person. That person is dead. This is a new man. But it has to affect the way you think. Because it is in your thinking that your conduct will find expression. The reason why they rang bell and I still ran is because I've not renewed my mind. Joshua Talena went to the same school I went, but they went after I had left. And all of them went because I went. And they saw the, the kind of education and the kind of intelligence I came out with from that school. So everybody wanted their children to go to that school. You know, so Joshua Talena went to the school. Okay, and when he came to the school, he met a senior, one of the seniors that was a senior in our set. He met him and this guy bullied them. Bullied them seriously. So this guy now is in Abuja. Joshua Talina told me this story. He said the guy came to church and after service, the guy came to his office. As soon as he saw him, he said, Senior Job, Senior Job. He didn't remember that he is now a man of God. That the discipline of that guy entered his head in his office. He said, Ah, Senior Job, welcome. <laughs> I said, You call him Senior Job? He said, Papa, you don't understand. I didn't know that the thing had not cleared. So immediately I saw him. I saw myself back at this goal. <laughs> See <that you're> <laughs> what happened is he has not renewed. He has not put off that old man. <laughs> See no job. <laughs> he has not put off the old man. You put off the old man. You put on the new man. See, I put on the new man. I'm not hearing you at all. Can I hear you louder? You put on the new man. Put off the old man. It's in your thinking which will reflect in your conduct. The key issue is for us to identify who we are. Before Paul talked about putting on and putting off, he first of all explained who you are. Wear it like a garment. Renew your thinking. Renew your thinking. 
Renew your thinking. He says, put on the new man. Where is the new man? He is in Christ. So, take the new man. Wear it in your thinking. Look at Romans 13, 12. Romans 13, 12 to 14. The night is fast spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Don't you like this scripture? Next verse. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, nor in chamberlain and wantonness, nor not in strife and envying. Next verse. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on. Put ye on in your thinking the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the loss thereof. Then the next thing he now said after this is the next thing he said, him that is weak in the faith, receive. When you put on the Lord Jesus, you can tolerate people that are weak in the faith. You can tolerate brethren that don't know as much as you know. Your disposition is different. In Colossians 3, 7, <clears throat> glory to God. In Colossians 3, 7, stay with me. Put it up. In the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. Give me verse 13. 3.13 Forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Did you observe that he always closes his discourse with forgiveness? After listing things of conduct, he will end it with forgiveness. When you learn forgiveness, you will handle anger well. When you learn forgiveness, you will handle anger well. You don't forgive because of the person. You forgive for the person. You don't forgive because of. You forgive for the person's benefit. We forgive not because of what people do. We forgive because of what Christ has done. But the person that will benefit from your forgiveness is the person you are forgiving. God's nature in us forgives. And our nature is above hearts. I'm a new creation. That's who I am. Amen? I said amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, the same thoughts, verse 24. Ephesians 4, we read quite a few verses there. And are you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Next verse. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man through to his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Next verse. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Next verse. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, walking with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. Next verse. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Next verse. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Next verse. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Look at the next verse. Be kind one to another. Tender hearted. Look at how he concludes the chapter. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake. 
had forgiven you. He always concludes conduct issues with forgiveness. Then chapter 5, he now opens up chapter 5, the continuation of the discourse. Be therefore followers of God as their children. Next verse. And walk in love. As Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Say with me, I walk in love. Remember, before I walk, I must first of all put on. It is when I put on that I can walk in that reality. So before I walk, I have to put it on in my thinking. So what's the first thing I change? My behavior or my thinking? My thinking. If I change my behavior without changing my thinking, I'm a hypocrite. So my thinking affects my behavior. So what I need is true repentance. What do I need? True repentance. Repentance means your mindset adjusted. Your mindset. So look at this now. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 as I wrap up this class. First Timothy chapter 4 verse number 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Next verse. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Next verse. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Next verse. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. The word meditate is the word meletao. Meletao. M-E-L-E-T-A-O. Meletao. From an old word melite. It means to care about. You know how to care about something. Something you ponder upon. Something you muta. Something you care about. Something you are concerned about. You should exercise yourself. Meletao. To ponder over something. Think about it. Give your mind. Exercise yourself. Acts 4.25 Why do people imagine Meletao vain things? Think about it. You surround yourself with it. You think about it. You talk about it. You think about it. You talk about it. That is meditation. To get it on your conduct. You first forget it on your thinking. Anything that will reflect in your conduct will first of all stay on your thinking, in your mind. When it stays in your mind, it starts affecting your emotions. It starts affecting your feelings when it is staying on your mind. So stay in the word until it affects how you think and affects how you act. It's a when you meditate. When you give yourself to meditation, to thinking the word of God true and true and true, your profiting will appear to all. The word profiting is the Greek word prokope. P-R-O-K-O-P-E. It means advancement. Your advancement will appear to all. You see that in Philippians 1.12 and Philippians 1.25. Philippians 1.12 Philippians 1.25. So what is Paul teaching Timothy in this book of Timothy? Spiritual growth. How do I achieve spiritual growth? By meditation. That your profiting. That your advancement. Your spiritual growth may appear to all. So that means spiritual growth will be seen by people. 
And he's writing to Timothy, a man who is overseeing churches. So you can see that spiritual growth is forever. You don't outgrow it. Paul said, you know our examples. That we are growing. That your advancement may appear to all. So when you are making spiritual advancement, all of us will see it. That word is from another word, prokupto. 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 Used for Jesus. And if you want to spell prokupto, it's P-R-O-K-U-P-T-O. So you don't want to write procrypto. Procupto. <laughs> P-R-O-K-U-P-T-O. Procupto. Used for Jesus. Luke 2.52. Jesus increased. Increased. That's the root word from where we get the other word that I gave you, procope. is from procupto. Look, Galatians 1.14. 2 Timothy 2.16. 2 Timothy 3, 9 and 13. 3, 9 and 13. That means it overwhelms your mind that you begin to make progress. The thoughts overwhelm your mind that you make progress in those thoughts such that it is visible in your behavior. You are so preoccupied with the thoughts that they become your disposition. They become your manner of life. They become your expression. It's like a child who plays football in the afternoon and the football enters him so well that even at night while sleeping, he stands up from the bed and says, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. He's sleeping. The mother says, lie down, Ogale, lie down, Ogale. Say, pass the ball. And then he's smiling, pass the ball. The thing has entered him that it is controlling him both in the conscious and in the subconscious. No ball. He's not in the field. But the thing is living inside him. That's how the word of God should fill you up. That even when you are dreaming, you are quoting scriptures. You are so full of scriptures. Not that when you are dreaming, you are quoting. No condition is permanent. No. Be so full of the scriptures that they play out even while you are not thinking about it. Am I teaching good here? Be full of the word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Progress is never in the past. Progress is a continuous lifestyle of the believer. It's a continuous lifestyle. Spiritual growth is not in the past. Put on. Keep putting on. Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God. An ongoing putting on. That your profiting may appear to all. Is it possible not to put on? Yes. If you refuse to, nobody can force you. It's something you do all the time. Praise God. Say, my profiting will appear. Say it again. See, spiritual growth is in your conduct. It's not in your knowledge. Even though it is the knowledge of God's word that influences you. But it is in your conduct. Spiritual growth is in your conduct. I wear it in my conduct. I wear spiritual growth in the way I speak and in the way I behave. James 1, 22 to 23, as I close this class, are you blessed? Yeah. But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Next verse. For he beholded himself and goeth his way and straightway forgeteth what manner of man 
he was. Paralegizomai. Acting beside yourself. In other words, what he saw did not reflect in what he thinks. What he saw did not reflect in his thinking. So he forgot it. Whenever he's alone, he doesn't ponder on Christ. He doesn't ponder on what he has in Christ. He doesn't ponder on what Christ can do through him. He ponders on what people say. He ponders on what people did. He ponders on what will people think now. That's how he ponders. He doesn't ponder on what Christ has said about him, what Christ has done in him, and what Christ wants to do through him. Never thinks about who you are in Christ. You're not growing. If that's how you are. We need to see you and say, ah, that brother has grown. Ah, that sister has grown. Ah, he has grown. Ah, he is growing. We need to see you and say such things. That brother is making progress. That sister is making progress. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted, built up, grounded, as you have been taught. As you have been what? As you have been taught. Rooted and grounded. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Hallelujah. Say with me, the life of God is in me. And it is flowing through my conduct. Say, I put off. Say it very loud. I put off the old man. Stand on your feet. Let's say it together, everybody. Praise God. Say with me, I put off the old man. I put on the new man. Say, the old man is gone. I put on the new man in my thoughts, in my conduct. I put on the new man for the benefit of men. Those around me. Those with me. In the name of Jesus. Say with me, there's a call of God on my life. And I will fulfill that call. I will live through to the call of God upon my life. I didn't hear a powerful amen. Hallelujah. Don't your neighbor say, hey neighbor, this year, we'll do ministry more than ever before. It's the year to walk. And we must walk while it is day. Night coming when no man can walk. Say with me, I am sold out to the mandate of Christ. The message of Christ and the work of ministry is my passion. It's my focus. It's my persuasion. I am a man of eternal value. I sow my energy, my time, my resources into eternal realities. In the name of Jesus, my affections are set on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. My affections are set on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Say, in the name of Jesus, I walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and I declare I am fruitful unto every good work. I like you to turn to your neighbor and say, Hey neighbor, my prayer for you is that you be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. Tell somebody else, you will be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. Say about yourself, I will be sincere. I will be without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. I am committed. I am sold out. I am dedicated to live out my realities 
in Christ Jesus. Let's blast in tongues for a few I like you to hold somebody. Let's pray for one another. That your neighbor be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom. Be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom. Be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let's pray for one another. Be filled, be filled, be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you walk worthy of the Lord. Let's pray for one another. Kalita Baba Kalita 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 Mombro Gadodo Dolida Babara Katuna Kalida Babara Reko Superakatana Walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing be fruitful Legro Sakele de Baba Leave your neighbor pray for another person you are setting your hand to the plow. As you put your hand into the ministry, you will never look back. You will not be distracted. You will not fall by the wayside. You will not be sidelined. You will stay on. You will stay on. You do ministry in and out of season. You do ministry when it is convenient and when it is not convenient. You are fully persuaded. Let's pray for one another. You are fully persuaded. Your eyes are like a flint. Your eyes are set. Your hands are on the plow. You never look back. We are not of day that draw back. We are of day that press forward to the saving of the soul. You fight the good fight of faith. You lay hold on to eternal life. You are not going to give up concerning faith. You shall not make shipwreck. You will fulfill God's mandate. You will fulfill God's call. You will fulfill God's assignment for your life. We command all the circumstances around your life to help you fulfill the assignment. To help you fulfill the purpose of God. Begerita sota angelene mo shakande 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 shakande. Pray, pray, pray. You will not give up. You will not quit. You will not be distracted. You will not fall by the wayside. You fulfill God's mandate. You stay on course. You stay on course. The zeal of God's house has consumed you. Your eyes are set on this mission, on this vision, on this assignment, on this mandate. 
Legro da do do lo de barakatona ngange anglene mo zombre anglene mo sateta. You will not abandon ship. You will not abandon ship. You will not abandon ship. You stay on. No shipwreck for you. Angele mo sata. You will stay. You will stay. You will endure. Endure hardship as a good soldier. Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Angelene mo satata. You do not entangle yourself with the affairs of this world. Angere to sekeada. Angelene mo shatandega. Angele te botagada. Angele to bogelena. Angele te borakate. Angelene agarata ta 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 ta. Angelene bobo. Angel tatalina mana. Angelene mo sotalaba. Your eyes are set. Pray for yourself. Leave your neighbor, pray for yourself. I am healthy, I am strong. I am healthy, I am strong. Sickness and disease cannot hide in my body. I am healthy, I am strong. I am fit for the assignment. My mental health is secured. My psychological health is secured. My emotional health is secured. My body is secured. The power of God is at work in my body. The power of God is at work in my members. My body cooperates with the power of God. My body cooperates with the healing word of God. I am strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. I am strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. Christ dwells in my heart by faith. I am rooted. I am grounded in the love of God. The Lord keepeth me and the evil one toucheth me. Toucheth me not. The Lord keepeth me and the evil one toucheth me not. I keep myself in the love of God. I am an able minister of the New Testament. Not of the letter that killeth but of the spirit that giveth life. My sufficiency is of God. I am God sufficient. La crossatita. Tatelerebo sange. Angala tombaga. Angala tombanga. Angala tombanga. Hey! Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Sayo tatatata. Sayo! I renew my strength. I renew my strength. I renew my strength. I run, I'm not weary. I walk, I'm not faint. I run through a troop. I leap over the wall. My strength is renewed like an eagle. Lift your hands and begin to give him praise. Begin to give him praise. Begin to give him praise. He's the analos. Go ahead, give him praise. Allah tobera koto lebo sataya. Glory to God. Give him praise. Give him praise. Wave those hands and 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 give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. If those hands are holy, wave them to him and give him praise. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Hey, I'm 
Somebody say, I will do ministry like never before. I will raise men. I will build men. I will preach this gospel without apology. Anywhere I am found, I am a luminary. I'm a shining light. I'm a city set on a hill. I cannot be hid. Ministry is my life. Say it again. Shout it very loud. Say it with all alacrity. Say it with reckless abandon. See, I'm sold out to the work of the ministry. Zakoroto Sakayadash. Mando Sakaya. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Once again, I want to thank those of you partners who responded to the partnership call yesterday. I'm sure by now you've started receiving all my responses, my emails and all that. And the WhatsApp groups are being set. The WhatsApp group is being set. And you, I'm sure by now you started receiving invitations to the WhatsApp group. Make sure you respond. And those of you that are yet to get a later or a response from me, give it a little time. By, by the end of tomorrow, everybody should get, even those of you in church. It's a joy this year. We will do much more than ever before. We will do much more. We will preach. We will teach. We will learn. We will grow. We will give. Somebody's not shouting amen. amen. I say we will preach. We will pray. We will raise disciples. We will build campuses. We will build house churches. We consolidate the work of God. And we will give. Amen. I didn't hear that amen. amen. Hallelujah. So once again, thank you partners. And those of you that have not yet responded, you are still praying for direction. Well, direction has already come. Just respond. The direction has already come. Amen. The direction has already come. Just respond. Do what God wants you to do. Amen. Grab your honor offerings. Let's give tonight. Let's honor Christ as we get ready to go. Thank you, Lord. Tomorrow we begin in Christ's realities. Season four. In Christ's realities. Season four. Brother Paul's revelation of identification. We begin that tomorrow. Is the year not starting too good? Lift up your honor offerings. Father, we give with faith and we give with joy tonight. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you. And we thank you for the privilege to give and make a difference in the advancement of the gospel. In Jesus' name. I didn't hear that. Amen. All right, we're signing you off online community. Help us invite more people. Create awareness. Tomorrow we begin, you know, um, Brother Paul's revelation of identification in Christ. Season 4. Get more people to be part of it. It's going to be an explosive time of learning and growing. Amen. Till we see you tomorrow, 5.30, the doors are open, 6 p.m., teaching begins. Be blessed, enjoy the grace of Christ. Anywhere on the pulpit. We trust that you have been blessed by this message. To order the complete series of this message and all the messages by Dr. Abel Daminer, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.